Welcome to our podcast series called The Thorn and Rose's Side. Hi, I'm Rose Miller. I've been an HR professional for many years. I know people are a company's most important asset, yet they can be the biggest pain in their assets. This month, we're going to talk about wellness initiatives for the workplace. Employees' well-being has been an ever-growing topic of concern for managers. No one is immune to stress and anxiety, and an individual's capacity to deal with stress can uniquely be their own. Layering onto that is a predisposition to mental illness. Even if your company is considered the best place to work, working conditions and the demands of the work environment can be significant sources of stress. 61% of our newest workforce, Gen Z, surveyed by Gallup, regarded mental well-being as a higher concern than physical well-being. Research has found that the design of work can have a substantial effect on employee well-being, increasing mental health expenses. Redesigning work doesn't have to be costly. It just needs to begin with some creative thinking. I did some homework, and I found some great tips on how to redesign work to improve employee wellness. Research indicates that employees who have little discretion over how work gets done is associated with poorer mental health and was also tied to higher rates of heart disease. What's more, the combination of high work demands and low job control significantly increases the risks of diabetes and death of cardiovascular causes. I don't know about you, but that was a powerful discovery. It seems that even relatively small changes in a worker's autonomy can make a difference. Giving employees opportunities to participate in workplace improvements can be an effective approach to fostering their well-being. In one example, doctors were instructed to invite physician assistants and nurse practitioners to participate in a structured process of identifying and addressing workplace problems. The office had decreased rates of burnout and increased job satisfaction. The lack of managerial training is a large source of staff anxiety and stress. A good friend who is a life and well-being coach expertly delivers workplace wellness programs. She says that managers need coaching skills because they will be called upon to inspire and motivate their staff. Her professional programs teach managers coaching skills, active listening, and mindful qualities such as non-judgment and curiosity. A study in a customer service call center, for example, found that giving its employees more training so they could take on new tasks resulted in a greater ability to handle customer complaints on their own 
and increase their well-being and performance on the job. Several studies have found that giving workers more choice or control over their work schedules improves their mental health. This can involve simply permitting variant starting and stopping times and easier trading of shifts and jobs that must be done on site. One IT company gave employees control over where and when they did their jobs, and they still collaborated with teammates as needed. The result was physical and mental improvements plus reduced turnover. In another example, a parent asked his employer if they could be mindful on the times of the day to have Zoom calls, which were now occurring at the same time as the school bus schedule. Research also found that high work demands, including long hours or pressure to do work very hard or very fast, can take a substantial toll on employee health and well-being. In fact, numerous studies find that high demands coupled with low control creates health risks and mental health issues. Staffing up to spread out work demands can be costly, but so is employees who are exhausted, ill, burnt out, or absent or quit. The solution may lie in redesigning jobs in a targeted way. For example, when a hospital provided a medical scribe to take over some of the doctor's charting tasks, the change improved efficiency and job satisfaction. Creating a work culture in which employees can develop supportive relationships with their colleagues can be an important strategy for increasing work well-being. Research has found that such relationships at work are associated with lower psychological distress, an indicator of poor mental health. This includes managers who show appreciation, acknowledge hard work, and check in with employees regularly. Fostering a sense of social belonging doesn't have to be a complex proposition. One study of 911 dispatchers had supervisors send out one email a week encouraging dispatchers to share affirming stories about their work to support one another. They reported a significant decrease in burnout and a 50% were less likely to quit. As these examples illustrate, many management practices can be redesigned to improve worker well-being and at the same time benefit employers. I've heard from some organizations that these types of changes would be impossible, but the workforce isn't buying it. Redesigning work is difficult, but not impossible. In the long run, companies that take steps around their employees' health and well-being will achieve outcomes all companies want.